So tonight I'm going to teach a little bit. I want to do kind of a part two uh, to what Pastor David taught on on um, Sunday morning, and that was how to receive from a ministry gift. So we're going to continue that tonight. Um, I think it was just outstanding, his ministry, uh, Sunday morning. Of course, it always is. But uh, just so timely, and I believe that these are things that we need. If we've heard them before, we need to put ourselves in remembrance of those things. And uh, if we haven't heard them, it's so important to hear how to receive from ministers. Because, you know, we want the body of Christ, the people who come, the people who are listening, to get everything God wants for you. We, You know, that's our heart's desire as pastors is to see the sheep, because we're the shepherds, you know, the pastors. In fact, the word pastor means shepherd. So if you are um, a sheep, that you come to a local church, your pastor's heart is for you to, to flourish for you to be healthy, for you to be provided for, for you to be equipped, not only just to have the wonderful relationships with your family and friends, but also equipped to reach out and help a lost and dying world and to help them know Jesus. So all of what we do is equipping the sheep for works of service so that sheep can beget sheep. You can have more sheep, right? And uh, the body of Christ increases that way. So I think it was just a very vital subject, and I, I felt so strongly about it. I've been praying the last couple of days about his message, and then I just thought, you know, I, I want to reiterate some of the things he said in case you didn't hear the message Sunday morning and also maybe add some things that uh, will continue to help us receive from even this conference coming up. So let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this time that we get to learn and grow from your word. Father, your word has every vitamin, every nutrient in it for our spirits to be strong. And we thank you tonight. We receive it openly with ears anointed to hear, minds open and hearts receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 4 where where Pastor David started on Sunday. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we'll read here in verse, um, let's start in verse 8. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now, you know, you, if you're born again, you are a saint. Yeah. Because sometimes we, we get the idea that there's only a few people that are saints, you know, <laughs> and we have maybe a funny definition of saint, like a perfect person that, uh, you know, has qualified for that title. But really in the biblical sense, if you're born again, you are called a saint. Yeah. Right? So start thinking of yourself as a saint. And maybe that'll help change your life a little bit, you know. I remember uh, I joined a fitness group probably about four or five years ago. And um, 
they when when they emailed me, they said, Hello, athlete. And I thought, athlete? <laughs> They're calling me an athlete? But the more I thought about that, I, I thought, I'm going to call myself an athlete. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, you can be an athlete and be older, right? So um, it, it helped me identify more with what I wanted to be than what I had become with, you know, not exercising as much as I should have. So, you know, just calling yourself something different especially calling yourself what God calls you, can really change your mind and your heart and even your physical being. Say what he says about you, right? And so he says you're a saint, then you're a saint, praise God. Uh, Like Brother Hagin said, you're not an ain't, you're a saint, (laughs) right? So he said uh, here in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints... Uh, that means the maturing or growing up. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You know, we, we're never going to be perfect till we get to heaven. But here, the word perfecting means that it is uh, a maturing, a growing up. We can grow up. Now, I know that some people don't like that, but you can. I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, I refuse to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I kind of know what they mean. I mean, we need to stay playful and, and childlike faith and you know have some fun in life, right? But then also, we need to grow up and mature in the things of God so that uh, we can really show forth His glory in the earth. And so he said that these gifts, uh, offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are given for these reasons, to mature the saints for the work of the ministry. Now notice here, the saints, all, all Christians, are called to the work of the ministry. Now that doesn't mean you're called to one of these fivefold ministry gifts. But it is saying that we're called to work for God, all of us. And you know, there's such a delight in working for God. Uh, you know, I am shocked at the change in people's lives, especially Christians, when they start doing things for the Lord. And how it is so fulfilling. Uh, you know, just offering your time and your service to God. And, and, uh, of course our church, all, all of us are, servers here. We love to serve the house of God. We love to make sure things are right and done right and in such a way, a, really an excellent way. So, um, you know, it, it's just so fulfilling. And I think Christians can become very disillusioned, maybe even stale <laughs> if they're not doing something for God. You know, if they forget that part of their Christian life, that we are made to do things for the Lord. And it brings such a satisfaction. Now, I know you can do too much and get burned out. I've seen that happen, you know, being in ministry for years and years. You see all kinds of things. But I think it's worse if somebody's not doing anything. I think you're so much more fulfilled. There's a joy that comes with it and a satisfaction uh, to see the body of Christ um, increase because of your efforts and because of things that you're doing for Him. So here... These five offices are to equip us for work of ministry. Now, many times, I know in my denomination growing up, we thought the pastor and the, and the secretary of the church to do all the work. Yeah. And we would just come to church on Sunday, and that was it. <laughs> and so, you know, we pay them to do the work. 
But notice here that the saints, the Christians, are supposed to be doing the work of the ministry. And then we'll see in a minute what the the offices are supposed to be doing because they're not exempt from work, but it's just some different kinds of work. Okay, then the next phrase here is for the edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, for the building up uh, of the body. And then verse 13, till we all come into the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man unto the measure of the statue or the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. And then then uh, this is very important that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. So when you're taught correctly, when you're taught by these five offices... It, there is a less chance of you just falling off into different craziness that the devil would want to, to bring to the body of Christ to cause division or, uh, to put a reproach on the Bible or the ministry. And, and if you're taught properly and ministered to properly by these five offices, uh, you're gonna be more stable, you're gonna be rooted and grounded and, uh, you know, They'll, they'll be, uh, well, the Bible says that, that his word's an anchor to your soul. So you're just not all over the place, right? And so that's what, uh, we, we desire is to be those who are, uh, stable Christians. Amen. And not carried away with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. I remember years ago, um, up we're in Panama City where we were pastoring a church, there was some crazy doctrine that was had risen its ugly head. Not in our church, but not too far from our church. And so uh it was it was just off, you know, it wasn't right. And it was it was about prophesying and so we went to Brother Hagen and we said, should we address this in our church? We were young ministers, you know, in our 20s, and we wanted some wisdom about this kind of thing. Because uh, it was, you know, it was like people were prophesying, you need to divorce your wife and marry that one over there. and Crazy, crazy things, really messing up people's lives. And uh, he said, no, what you do is you preach the truth. You preach the word. And your people will know what's the truth and what's the counterfeit. And then, you know, he used the example of looking at real money and then looking at counterfeit money and you can tell the difference. Yeah. You know, you can, if, if you study the real, then you can tell what's not real. And, um, and we took that to heart and, and decided that we were going to p- preach the truth, not criticizing other people or dragging other people down. Um, you know, and, and muddy in their name or whatever, but preaching the truth so that people won't get caught up with every wind of doctrine. Because some things become so popular, <laughs> you know, and you think, that is the same thing that came through 20 years ago. <laughs> you know? There's nothing new. It comes cycles back around, but it has the same destructive power if it's not addressed by the Word of God. So to be well taught is to be well armed. And I believe that that tells us that we need to go to a church that's teaching the word. Amen. You know, don't go to churches that are just not teaching anything because you're not going to be armed 
with the whole armor of God when a challenge or when a, a, a craziness comes up in your life or even traumatic events. It, it's, it just pays to go to the right church. Amen. And, uh, and there's a lot of good churches. So you have a choice. Um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of liken it to where I sent my children to school. I mean, you just don't send them just to any school. You have to kind of check out how they're going to be taught because it does matter how they're taught. And the same thing, except even more importantly, how we're taught spiritually, because this is talking about eternity here. It's not just in this world. Um, although I'm telling you, when you know the word is going to help you in this world, <laughs> it's going to help you overcome, right? So uh, make sure that you're going to a church where you're learning and growing in Christ and in, in who you are in Christ. Um, look at verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplies. Now, let's look at that for just a moment because these true offices, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers, notice they are not going to cause division. They are going to cause a compacting, a, a togetherness, fitly joined together. So they're not going to be strifers. They're not going to be uh, rebellious. They're not going to be, oh, we're the only church and there's no other church and we, we're the only one that knows anything. No, they're going to be those ones who recognize the body of Christ and recognize the um, the giftings of, of, you know, every denomination has amazing things they can give to the body of Christ and they're not going to be critical or hateful. Amen? And... Um, Amen. They're going to bring the body together and uh, appreciate and respect uh, pastors of other churches. They're not going to try to, you know, well, that church is awful and you ought not go there and criticize and, you know, whatever uh, to divide or to uh, diminish someone else's anointing and call. So look, and you see these these uh, characteristics of true apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Um, so they make increase, this is verse 16, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we, you know, we can see the characteristics there. Now, let's move on. Um, Pastor David talked about... Uh, our guest speaker coming, Dr. Pat Harrison, standing in the office of pastor and also prophet. So, um, we, you know, I just feel like it's good and he, he just so beautifully, um, describes some of these things that, um, what, what you can look for then to come expecting when, when she's here ministering is you can, you can see the, the shepherd that anointing upon her as a shepherd to feed the flock, to feed the flock of God. Now, a shepherd is going to lead, now not not drive, you know. <laughs> they, they say you drive cattle, but you lead sheep. So there's a gentleness and um, uh, an anointing to lead the the sheep to green pastures, Psalm 23 says. And that's 
to a place of peace, to a place of provision, to a place of the Holy Spirit, and then, of course, a feeding. So you can expect to be fed. Now, you know, you can, you, you can, uh, see these characteristics in any pastor. Really, you should be able to see the feeding of the flock. Uh, many times, you know, we, we have a different definition of a pastor. Maybe he should visit the, the sheep, visit their houses, or visit the hospitals, or visit the nursing homes. And, and you know, we put all these duties on him that really aren't in the Bible. And, and I'm not saying don't ever visit anybody. I have as pastors, you know, we, we visited people, but really that's not what God would have us do. God has us feed the flock. That's our number one job. Now, if you've never pastored a church, you might not know that that is work. (laughs) It is, you know, it's a lot of work to really do that in a proper manner. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of study, which God tells us in His Word that we are to see to it, that we take the time to study and to pray. And even, you know, we see in Acts that, let's just turn there, because sometimes we think people know all these scriptures and maybe they don't know, or maybe they have forgotten. Sometimes we forget things that are in the Word. And we need to be reminded. So let's look over at Acts chapter 6. And let's look at verse 1. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now they knew that serving tables, in other words, working, doing physical work for people was a good thing. But they knew what their job was. More importantly, what their calling was, was the Word of God. So they said, don't leave the Word to serve tables. Now you know, there's times where pastors have to do things. Again, I'm not discounting that. I know there's a balance. I mean, we've been working on carpet for three days, you know. There's times you have to do certain things. And, and that's fine. But the focus of the pastor and the sheep need to know that their, their focus should be studying and prayer and not leaving the word to do so much in the natural realm that they lose the anointing and are not able to properly feed the sheep. And it happens. I've had it happen to me. Gotten so busy planning singles events, marriage events, children's church events, festivals, fashion shows, all kinds of, you name it, baby showers, wedding showers, you know, all the things that it came to preach time and there was nothing there for me to preach. I was exhausted right. <laughs> and, and really hadn't been studying or praying and could not properly deliver the word of God that God called me to preach. You see how we can get so busy in the natural? And sometimes it's more fun, just to be real honest, to do festivals and nativity, live nativity scenes and all those kind of things than it is to get in your room alone, hear from God and study and pray for service for hours, you know. Um, So, you know, sometimes we slip into that other. But it is not good for the flock 
to to not be fed. I know that's a double negative, but they need to be fed. And God tells us our job as pastors is to feed the flock, feed the sheep. So um, we see here that uh, these men and the, they knew what what they should not be doing and what they should be doing. And they said we should uh, not leave the word of God. Verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So there's certain business the pastors will appoint to, to people. And really, everybody that's a sheep is called to the ministry of helps. And that means to help. There's an anointing on you, a grace to help. And your grace to do it, and that's why it brings a joy and a delight. So we, we are to appoint, um, people to do certain things to help with the business side of, and that would be anything in the natural, of the church. Amen? So that we can attend to the spiritual side. Look at verse four. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So you see there, they saw the importance of help, letting other people help with the natural so that they can uh, be fully uh, ready to deliver the Word of God and to help with that uh, impartation of feeding the flock and the grace of God for the congregation. Amen? And, and that's, you know, that's just such a supernatural um, transference. When when someone's in the pulpit, there's so much more going on than we can imagine in people's lives. You know, sometimes we don't realize what all has taken place until later on. You know, a week or two later, something comes up, and we think, "Oh, pastor just ministered that to me," and or or I can stand against this demonic attack because of what Pastor David said last Sunday, or, you know, you, you don't really realize all the things that are happening until later on. And then sometimes you don't realize what all's happening in the service or until you don't come <laughs> for a while. And then you think, oh, what's happened to my life? With You know, I'm not being fed. And, you know, we don't do so well not eating have you noticed? I mean, we, we talk about dropping the blood sugar and getting really hangry. <laughs> You've heard that term, hangry. Well, you know, spiritually, if you're not being fed, you're going to get into some things that you're, that aren't going to be good for you. You can, you can get into strife. You can get into hatred and meanness and being angry and, and all kind of doubt and unbelief and fear and all kinds of stuff. That, that God does not want you in if you're not properly fed and not eating the Word of God. So we need to be those who are uh, hungry for the Word. Amen? And we, we sometimes we say that. Come hungry. Come hungry to church. Ready to receive. And I believe that we're going to do that with this meeting coming up. We're going to be those who are ready to receive. And hungry. So he said, uh, Pastor David said, you know, he, that she is also called to the office of the prophet. Now the prophet's office is, um, a little different than the pastor's office. Uh, and, and I want to just, uh, again quickly in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 share some of these 
spiritual gifts, and then we'll talk about the offices that go along with the gifts of the Spirit. Just to remind us, so that we can expect during this conference to receive. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So this... Uh, these manifestations are for your own good, for your profit. The Amplified says this is for your good. This is going to help you in life. This is going to make you profit. So in verse 8, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, or we could say special faith, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. We know that uh, these offices many times will carry certain gifts with that office. Now, there's three sets of three here. You, I know you've been taught this before, but we'll just say it really quickly. Of course, there's tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, which we call the utterance gifts. And uh, a pastor will operate in those pretty freely because he is the one that's teaching and feeding the flock. So there'll be the utterance gifts there. And then there's three revelation gifts, And that's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And these are words that that a a person would not normally know except for the gift of the Spirit. And the Spirit uh, giving these words to a person to give out. Now they could come during during preaching. They could come... uh, you know, we call it personal, you know, to a, a word, give, giving a word to someone. It could be a word to the whole church. It could be word, word spoken out to really the community, to the, even the uh, city. Yeah. Um, and these words carry a strong and powerful anointing on them. Uh, and that, of course, the office of the prophet will operate in these gifts. Just about all the time. <laughs> Amen. Now, you know, any of these gifts of the Spirit, believers can operate in too, uh, as the Spirit leads. But these are going to be keystones, you know, um, with the prophet. You're going to see a lot of the revelation gifts operating. And then and with the pastor, a lot of the utterance gifts. Amen. Does that make sense? And um, discerning of spirits means it doesn't mean if you can you can discern if somebody's good or bad, or you know evil. You it's it's more they see into the spirit realm, and they can see demonic activity, even demons at times, and they can see angels. Amen. Um, they can see situations. I remember Brother Hagen many times he would say, I had a mini vision, an M-I-N-I, you know, he'd spell it, an M-I-N-I vision. And so, uh, you know, many times he would see into the spirit realm and discerning of spirits would be operating in his ministry. So, and then, of course, uh, Dr. Pat Harrison operates in these revelation gifts. So you can expect these kinds of things. And a word of wisdom is a word about the future. 
Word of knowledge is something that's present in someone's life they're dealing with. And, uh, of course, you know, we think sometimes prophecy has to do with the future, but prophecy is simply inspired utterance, uh, speaking by the Spirit of God. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the future. That's really the word of wisdom. And, um, and many times you'll see all these gifts operating. We, at the Gulf Coast Convention this year in Panama City Beach, we had, uh, several different offices, you know, speaking. Some we didn't even plan to speak. You know, Jeremy Gall came up. Of course, he's, stands in the office of the evangelist. And so, you know, we, we experienced many different things there, but, I, I believe every gift of the Spirit was in operation. If you, you know, if, if, if you're listening and if you're identifying things, you can see where every gift of the Spirit was in that meeting. And it's really a beautiful thing to see the Spirit of God manifest like that. He wants to. And He wants to here, Grace Harvest Church, amen, at the end of April. So you need to get here. And then of course the, uh, working of miracles, the gift of special faith, and gifts of healings, uh, those are the power gifts, and you'll see those operating in the office of the evangelist. Usually, you'll see that um, over and over again in the office of the evangelist. Now, um, again, believers can operate in these gifts, but they're they're going to be more uh, prolific in the offices because the offices. These men and women are called to full-time ministry. Amen? And let me just say this. There there are no prophets among the laity. There's no prophets among the laity. Do you understand that sheep are not called to be a prophet unless God calls them into full-time ministry? Amen? Because sometimes we get that mixed up. We think... Well, you know, she's just such a prayer and she's a prophet, but she's not really called to full-time ministry, so she couldn't be a prophet. Now, she might pray a lot and understand and know spiritual things, praise God, but she doesn't necessarily stand in the office of a prophet. Same thing with men. I'm not trying to point out women. I'm just saying, you know, men too. Sometimes I've heard men say, well, I'm a prophet, and they're, you know, a long care service person or a plumber or something and you think, oh, you know, you're, you're, maybe you're a prayer and you know a lot about God and you minister to people, but that doesn't mean you're an evangelist and that doesn't mean you're a prophet. You see? That has to be a five-fold ministry gift, has to be full-time ministry. Now that doesn't mean they might not do another job or work somewhere else. That happens too, that's fine. Um, but, uh, the the call of God has to be the biggest in their heart and spirit, amen, for them to, to have the office of the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, or the apostle. So these things may maybe help us identify who's who. And, and you know, it, it's not cookie cutter. I mean, it's not sometimes as cookie cutter as we make it out to be. But uh, I think this gives us a general sense so that we can uh, know who we're listening to and know how to receive from them. It's very important. Now we're gonna we're gonna see in these first verses in uh First Corinthians chapter twelve, 
Look at verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So God doesn't want us ignorant on the subject. He wants us to know how he set this up again so that we know how to receive. And then he said there are, verse 4, diversities of gifts. There are differences of administrations and there's diversity of operations. So we see diversity, differences, diversities. That means that everybody's going to do it a little different. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't like different. We like the same, the same. We want everybody the same. But God likes diversity. He likes difference. And I think that if we become more like Him, we start liking a little different, a little diversity. Amen? You know, it's really fun to hear from all the body of Christ and not just section off our group and their group and not we're not listening to their group. You know, if they're born again, um, they're born of God. And they're our brothers and sisters. So we can learn from our brothers and sisters. Amen? And I, I think we don't need to be so haughty that we think we know it all <laughs> and cut off the body of Christ from really enriching our lives. So remember, there's differences. And, and we might, there's some, there's some offices, you know, that we think, oh, I don't really like, you know, I don't really like the evangelists that much. They're just always screaming and hollering and running the pews. <laughs> but we need the evangelists. <laughs> We need the evangelist. Uh, it's amazing how, you know, sometimes as, as just Christians or sometimes just pastoring, you know, you might think, well, I've caught a couple of fish, you know, because Jesus said, be fishers, be fishers of men. But that office of evangelist is like a huge net. And I'm telling you, when they cast the net, there's this fish coming in everywhere, right? And it's so magnificent. You could see, well, just think about Billy Graham. Just see the multitudes of fish that came in through that man's ministry because of the office of the evangelist. And we need it. And I think we need it more now in the United States of America than ever before. And I'm so glad my husband operates in that office. He stands in that office because it's just a beautiful thing to see the power of God work and see people come to the Lord, miracles, and to see uh, that gift of special faith. You know, everybody can have faith, but that special faith is when God drops it down in you that you, something you have faith for that you wouldn't normally have faith for. It's just a beautiful thing. And then, of course, the gifts of healings. So all these uh, administrations and operations and gifts can be different. You know, they're, they can be administered different ways. They can, they can come through kind of different people, you know. But don't miss the treasure. Don't miss the treasure of these because, you know, well, that's just not my taste or that's just not my thing. Because I'm telling you, God is so powerful to work in these five offices and it will bless your life. It will help you. Then the Bible says it will cause you to profit. Amen. So uh, I just, you know, want us, especially during this time here at our church, to be ready and expecting. You know, when we come to the services, I believe if we come and pray a little bit before we get here, Lord, help 
you know, help Dr. Pat Harrison minister with your ability. Help me to receive what you have for me. Help the people that come receive. Um, you know, uh, I heard somebody, this is so practical, but I heard a minister one time said, you know, when you come to church, don't sit with your arms crossed and back and, you know, looking around and, you know, come and sit on the edge of your chair and, and lean forward and make eye contact with a minister. Um, these things are, are ways that we can receive and expect the Lord to move. And it really does help the, the person ministering. Amen. When you feel like everybody's bored and they want to go home, I tell you, it'll, it, the anointing wanes on you and you think, you know, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. Or if people come tired, you know, you need to be rested. If you can rest before service and don't just work in the yard right up till 30 minutes before you come to church. You know, rest a little bit. Pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit. When you come, participate in the singing. You know, sing with all your heart. The Bible tells us to come and give thanks to Him. Lift your hands up to the Lord. Amen? We get a little lazy in our worship and we don't really get our whole body involved. And I think it it affects our receiving. And I'm not talking just to the people here in this church. Believe me, I'm talking to live stream, right? Because I know that we've got some wonderful worshipers here. But uh, again, you know, raising our hands, singing in the Spirit, singing with the understanding. And then another thing is, um, now I know not every minister is alike, but some ministers really would like for you to amen them. Yes. Amen, you know, or praise God, or, you know, it, maybe even shout, praise the Lord, or something. Now some, some aren't like that, and you can tell the difference, you know, and, and sometimes I think people can amen too much, you know, if they're drawing attention to themselves, and they're kind of a distraction. But you can, you know, read, read the minister a little bit, and if they're wanting you to be with them, and, and supporting, and participating, then, you know, shout amen, and praise God, and preach it, minister, preach it, pastor, right? Um, and then again, if they're quieter and they don't want any, you know, they just want to go from one thing or another, then we know how to shut up, don't we? <laughs> we, we don't have to say all that. Uh, but I think it's again, just making that contact and expecting to receive from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I think I've done enough preaching for tonight, but, uh, we're going to be ready, aren't we? We're going to be ready for this meeting. We're getting the, the church ready and we're getting, well, we are the church too, so we're getting us ready. Amen. And I know it's going to be glorious. Again, if you're live streaming and you haven't planned on coming, maybe you could re, you know, reconsider. Uh, everybody needs a break. And I tell you, it's good to get to Florida and it's also good to get a spiritual break by being in the presence of God. It's going to be a tremendous time. Amen. All right. Well, let's stand up and, um, do we need to sing or just pray? Okay. We'll pray and we'll be dismissed. Lord, again, we thank you for all the things that you're doing at Grace Harvest. We thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God moving mightily in every service that we have. But even we're making time, Father, for this meeting at the end of this month, the 23rd, 24th, 25th, just dedicating this time to hearing from you, to uh, 
hearing from you and also for instructions, reproof, rebuke, maybe some corrections in our life. But we know by the Spirit of God, Lord, that you want all of us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. You want us to grow up to mature in Christ. And so we receive the gift, the office of our dear sister that you're sending us. And Lord, we thank you and and we desire spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. And we know that you said, take authority over the devil. Take what you've given us, the power to cast out the devil. And we come against him now in Jesus' name. He will not steal, kill, nor destroy when it comes to these meetings. In Jesus' name, we take authority over any strategic attacks that he would have in his arsenal. We take authority over it. We put it to naught right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for great weather during this meeting. We thank you, Lord, for uh, health that no one would be sick, that no one would be absent because of any kind of challenges from the enemy. We thank you, Lord, everyone that you've ordained to be here will be here in Jesus' name. And there'll be a mighty move of your spirit. The glory of the Lord will be in the house. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for victory, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Were you blessed tonight?